A musical adventure. New artists, new musicians, and everyone involved in the world of music. Live from Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. This is J Rod Concerts the Podcast with your host, Jamie Rodriguez. Let's find out what we have this episode. If he ever hurt you, I don't know what I'd do. Honestly, because I can't fight. I've tried. Bad at it. Hey, everybody. It's J Rod Concerts, the podcast time. It's your old buddy, music journalist, Jamie Rodriguez. And I have a special guest with me today, ladies and gentlemen, old friend of the show. He hasn't been back in a year and a half. Mokita is back, ladies and gentlemen. M-O-K-I-T-A, one of Nashville's um, trailblazing voices in indie pop movement. He's fantastic. Just released his new EP, Who's Gonna Love Me Now? It's uh, It's been out since uh, June 23rd. It's fantastic. He captures the essence of his personal journey through six heartfelt tracks. Uh, five of them were co-written with Trent Dabbs, who've worked with uh, Casey Musgraves and Need to Breathe. And each track is a snapshot of um, Mokita's introspection, growth, and resilience. And uh, he definitely expands on his sound in this one, guys. And he just got engaged. He's uh, he's awesome, and we're so glad to have him. He's uh, he's having a lot of success. 400 million plus cumulative streams on Spotify. 3 million monthly listeners. Uh, lots of press support from Billboard, yours truly, and, and so on. So we hope you guys enjoy it. This is Mokita on J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. Make, listen to, listen to, make sure you listen to Who's Gonna Love Me Now, his latest EP. The mad, the myth, the legend. Mokita. How's it going, man? Long time no see. And excited to have you back, John. It's been like a year and a half, almost counting. Has it been that long? It's crazy. Time flying. Yeah. I know, dude. But, you know, man, glad to have you on board again, uh, John, and uh, celebrating the new EP, Who's Gonna Love Me Now? Yeah, which is fantastic. Fantastic, Makita. And, you know, I was listening to Bonnie Wraith this past weekend, and he reminded me that you did that. You did that cover of I Can Make You Love Me, right? That's right. I did that in my parents' basement over COVID. Over COVID? Man, and I think it's such a great rendition, John, because your voice just captures the track and it blends so beautifully. But I find myself really getting moved by it, which is the purpose of music. But is there an artist that continuously just makes you feel emotions, Mokita? Like, you know, like no matter no matter how long time passes, like you hear a song and you just get into the feels. Yeah, you know what's you know what's what's really cool is so one of my favorite artists of all time is Brian Adams. And uh, I, there are so many Brian Adams songs that I love. And uh, I got to see him for the first time in concert. Like I want to say it was like t- uh, three weeks ago or something like that, maybe a month ago. And, uh, oh man, dude, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I cried during a couple songs. I think too, from listening, got you. listening to him for so many years and as a kid and growing up playing his songs and then being able to see him like in my thirties for the first time, it was, yeah. really, it was emotional, but that was like a moment yeah. of like, man, music is really emotional. Cause like, it wouldn't even matter what he was saying, singing about. I was just felt like, man, music is so cool. I've been listening to this dude for, you know. 20 something odd years and here he is singing right in front of me but yeah i know exactly what you mean i know exactly what you mean i went like last year went to the opera fred morgan wade was performing and richard marks was there like in the bill richard Mm -hmm. marks random and he sang you know uh you know that big song he has you know uh, i'll be there for you you know whatever that now dude people lost their bananas oh i bet it was it was like the opera was in like on its feet but yeah to your point 
Yeah, music's cool like that, man. Music's cool like that. Matt, and, and, and John, one of the things I like about you, I mean, many things, of course, but I think you're fearless like when it comes to covering songs. And we'll get to the new songs in a second, John. But what I mean is like, you know, you go on YouTube, you do a cover of like The Police, Every Breath You Take, or or whatever. You go from country to rock. You just change the genres left and forth. Like, I would never think Mokita, the same artist who brought us Colorblind that with you, it just seems like music can just go anywhere. And it's it, it, like, I was wondering where that came from. Is it because you grew up here in Nashville, John, that you kind of saw the buskers and, and, and what covers can do to people? Well, I think like, you know, I think growing up and having so many different types of music, because my dad was, my dad was a, a, a pastor. So we grew up, you know, with like gospel music, but then we also grew up with like, my parents listened to like, you know, soul and R&B and um country and everything i mean there was just so much music around so i think i've just always had for me it's never been like what's my favorite genre it's just kind of like you know as a kid you hear a song and you're just like i like that song i don't know what genre that is but i like that and i think um i still feel that way and i think a lot of it has to do with me being a songwriter and a producer as well so i i work in a lot of different genres so i think i just i think i see myself less of like an artist having this specific sound more more so i feel like i just like creating music that i like and whatever it sounds like it sounds like so i think that's a lot of the reasons why i like so many different types of genres and enjoy putting a spin on a different song and especially if you know especially if i listen to a song for a long time and like it i don't like covering it the same way it it's it's being played i like to put my spin on it so um but that's what i feel like i do a lot of times as a producer you know somebody brings in a song and they want it produced and it's like i put my spin on it and uh yeah so so in other words, you start like you reverse engineer it. Like you start at the at the end, like how do how do I, I want to make this song feel? Like how do I want to feel from the other side? And then you take it back. Absolutely. I think so much of what I do is what I always try to do is I want to feel some sort of emotion when I'm creating it. And I I never know it's hard to pinpoint what that is, but if it makes me feel a certain way, um and a, a lot of that feels like this like feeling of like nostalgia or like that feeling is what I always try to capture something that makes me feel like a kid when I'm listening to it. And that's what I always try to, that's what I always try to capture. in every song I do is try to get that feeling of like when I was a kid listening to music and it made me feel a certain way. That's what I always chase after is that feeling. Well, you got the, you got the magic touch for sure. By the way, by the way, where are you right now? Are you in Nashville? I am in Nashville right now. I am. Yep. I'm in, I'm in the studio. I love it, dude. You look great by the way. Like, well, what's your like help? What's your health regime? Like, do you go to like so house gym every day? Like, are you vegan? Like, like what is the mojita like? Like lifestyle, healthy lifestyle. No, I wear I wear sweatshorts every day, so I don't know. So I don't know if they'd have me over there. No, I'm just kidding. Uh dude, you know I I I love staying active. I don't do anything crazy. Uh, I eat pretty good. I I don't really eat a lot of sweets. Um, okay, so you you're trying to avoid sugar. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I, I kind of quit eating sugar like a couple years ago, and then I just don't really crave it anymore. It's really weird. I, I, I like, I'll eat a, you know, I had a cookie last night. So, I mean, I'm not like anti-sugar or anything, but I just don't eat it that much. I just feel like the older I've gotten, the better I feel without it. So, sure. Um, and then, you know, I don't, I don't drink that much. I drink a little bit here and there, but I don't drink that much. And then, um, and then as far as like activities, I like to get outside and sweat. So, I heard Matthew McConaughey say, say one day, because somebody asked him what his workout routine was. <laughs> And he was like, you know, I don't really have a routine. I just try to get, I just try to get outside and sweat every day. And I feel the same way. I feel like if I can get outside and sweat, or get somewhere and just sweat, whether that be, I like to play tennis. Um, okay. I like to play. 
Um, I like to run a little bit. And then, you know, I also like to, to lift weights, but I'm not really like, there's never been like, this is what I do every single day. I always just sure. try to stay active, doing something. So Love it. there you go, man. There you go. Well, thanks for that, dude. By the way, there's a stat I read about you, uh, Mokita, that is unbelievable. 400 million cumulative streams on Spotify. 400 million. These numbers are well, I didn't know that. Like, yeah, dude, 400 million is, is what you have. And in my mind, you know, once you start kind of accomplishing these numbers and devotions from listeners, you know, nothing could make you doubt yourself as an artist. But the reality, just, you know, from mutual friends, Mokita, and like Brie Kennedy and stuff is, you know, you think you're magical and some days... The music is flowing, but there's other days that you think, man, I suck. Like, mm -hmm. I'm, not, I'm not good. Like, I'm super mediocre, right? Like, that self-doubt is still there. Totally. I, You know, I think one of the, the best things for me was when I started out, um, when I moved to Nashville, it was like um, I felt like I had to work so hard and then nothing was happening. And then it felt like after years of work, then things started happening. But I think putting in that time made me realize that I I just feel blessed that anything happened at all. So I think a lot of times the self-doubt comes in. Um, I always remind myself, like, in, in a good way, I don't feel like I belong here. And I mean that in a good way of, like, I feel lucky to even be able to do music as a job. So, and I think going through those ups and downs of feeling, like, really creative, feeling like I've got a lot to say, feeling like everything I'm doing is working, and then the other feeling of, like, everything's terrible, I don't feel like I know what I'm doing. I've been through so many of those waves that I feel like I'm comfortable in those now. So when I go through that creative sp spike, I try yeah. to stay on as long as I can. Right. And when I'm on those down things, I'm like, okay, well, you've been here a hundred times. So just keep writing. And then sometimes it's like, okay, I'm at such a spot where I just need to take a break for a little bit. And sometimes I hit that. And I think it's a, just a balance of knowing when to take a break and then when to push through. Because there's been plenty of times where I don't want to work on music, but I'm like, you know what? I feel like I just need to try to push through. I've tried to push through and then I end up creating something cool. So yeah, I think it's just balance. Life is a lot about balance and so is music and creativity. Yeah. A lot of self-awareness there, man. That's, that's great. A lot of, a lot of experience. Love totally. it. By the way, man, I look at you and I think, man, here's a guy just thriving and creating music. That's so good. But don't you ever like look around Nashville and, and Mokita? And, because I truly believe what you're doing is part of like, an important chapter in music and people will look back on it like you know you're, you're doing stuff with like charlotte sands and, and with a mutual friend brie kennedy and like don't you think that something is happening here like laurel canyon in the 70s like you know like uh i don't know greenwich village in the 60s in new york like with pop and i just think that there's something special happening and you're leading the charge mokita like with alt pop and, and indie pop here in nashville would you agree yeah you know it's funny i never i guess i never view it that way I I think the thing that I see it as is I see a lot of people that I enjoy working with in this town and music has kind of come back around at least what I feel is to more being about the songs and I think that's what I've always wanted is to just write a good song and I think that's one of the reasons that country is so successful is because everyone's just chasing a great song um, and I think that pop a lot of times kind of got more into well it has to feel a certain way and it has to be a certain sound and right. it became less about how good the song was and more just about does it feel good does it commercially work but um yeah i feel like there's so many writers in town um that just want to write a great song whether that means for country whether for pop and so i think that just opens up a lot of doors to just be like 
yeah, we're, we, there's a lot of great writers, a lot of good artists in town. And, and yeah, it's growing. And I feel that I feel that same thing that you're saying. It just feels like there's so many people I work with that I wouldn't even classify them as like a certain genre. It's just they, right. they just want to write great songs. And so that makes for good, good, uh, good creativity and good music creation. And then you, the sound kind of comes later. You, you know, yeah. you might write a song and then you figure out what the sound is down the road. I love it. I love that whole explanation, you know. And, and and by the way, let's talk about the new songs for a second because the new EP is so so, so great, man. There's like no failure; it's all great stuff. But uh, I, I mean, Cure, Cure is like I think the first song that like on repeated listens, I'm like, that's a highlight. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that you know, talks about the fulfillment beyond just like you know the accomplishments. So we just talked the streaming numbers, like what really matters. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you just got engaged, for example. Congratulations, yeah. by the way. Too. Thank Congratulations, you. brother. Yeah, man. But like. You know, can you talk to us a little bit about like, you know, what really causes you fulfillment? Is it is it like a hit song? Like what causes you the most like spiritual joy now, John? That's a great question. I think that song is a great kind of culmination of probably the way that my brain thinks every day. And I think um, I think music can so often any job that you have, I think career is such a big part of everyone's life. Mm-hmm. because you know that's that's what you spend the most time doing it's like sleeping and career are pretty much the two main things that you're gonna spend hours on in your life yeah and so i think that song really is just about realizing that like i am never going to be fully fulfilled just in my work it's impossible because there's going to be days where it feels amazing um but it's it's unstable and so you know putting your entire identity into something that's unstable is unsafe because some days you're going to feel like a million bucks and some days you're going to feel terrible. So for me, you know, that song is a lot about asking questions, but in my actual personal life, you know, like my faith has been the biggest rock in my life. Yeah. So I think, but you know, at the same time, even though my faith and my, uh, has been kind of the rock, there's days where I, I'm a human. And so there's days where I get, my, I want my fulfillment out of my work. And yeah. if I can't get it out of my work, then I feel uh, then I feel like useless or I feel like I don't know what I'm doing in this world. So I think that song is a lot about that, about where do you find fulfillment and what is worth, you know, putting your investment into, your identity into. So, yeah, man, love that song. By the way, how was the engagement? Like, were you nervous? You know, how, how was that whole experience? It was amazing. I I, I surprised, she, she, so she thought I was out of town. So um, it was a, it was a big surprise. I, uh, I was, inc- I was very nervous. I was excited, nervous. Yeah. You know, I, I don't get, I don't really get nervous that much. I was far more nervous, uh, proposing than I was, uh, than I probably would be in front of playing in front of a thousand people by far. And I think, I think a lot of it was just, I was so excited and I knew she was going to say yes, but I wanted it to be perfect because it's like, all right, we'll get one shot at this. So. Um, but no, it was amazing. It, it went great. And we had both her family and my family were in town and it was, it was, it was amazing. Yeah. We had a great time. Congratulations, man. Yeah. Thanks. You look radiant and the post was beautiful. <laughs> uh, man, but l- let me leave you with, with one more song. I appreciate your time here in the heat of summer. Um, hi, I love hi, but mm-hmm. you know, and that one is kind of like, that one is the one song I feel and correct me if I'm wrong, that kind of looks back a lot at like, you're kind of like your past. The others, I feel like, you know, you're kind of like leaning in the future and where you are now. But that one, you, you talk a little bit about struggles that you've overcome, maybe with addictions and stuff like that. Um, what can you tell us about that song? Like specifically kind of like looking at like what you've overcome, where you are now, and like just writing that song. 
I think the main, totally. I think the the main point of that song is if you if you have struggled with things in the past, they don't just go away. Even if you are still currently doing those things, it you will struggle with those things the rest of your life. And so I think it's more of a, a in the song. I think it's it can be a frustration of like, why do I still struggle with these things that I know aren't good for me, that I know aren't healthy? Why do they still entice me? And so I think that's the main point of the song is like, yes, I've struggled with, you know, drugs, drug addiction in my past and um, alcohol abuse and all these things. And it's like, okay, cool. We've seen the damage that that's done. So why do I still want to do these things, even though I know the damage that they cause? So I think that's really what, what the song is about is just realizing that that is a lie, that those things are going to bring you fulfillment and when really they just bring you pain. So I think it's just, it's just more of a journal entry on, you know, these things were a part of my past and I've been doing great, but they still, they still come into play where it's like, they still offer something that sounds enticing, but you know, they're not. It's a little, the little devil here. That's right. Yeah. Amazing, dude. Well, John, man, I love talking to you. You've said it all. What are you doing this summer, dude? That's a great, that's a great question. Well, I'm, I'm going on vacation for the first time. I'm going to Florida. Uh, so with my family and, and my fiance, and so I'm stoked about that. Okay. Uh, and then uh, just planning the wedding. I mean, I really don't, you know, just writing and producing. I don't really, nothing too crazy. So just, I'll be around. My brother, it's going to be a bless here for you. And thank you so much for your art. Thank you for your time. It's always great seeing you, dude. Dude, so good seeing you too, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Later, brother. You have been listening to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. Thank you for tuning in.